at the end of the day, why would someone choose your product? And there you need to be bluntly honest with yourself and challenge yourself in the why. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hello, my name is Oli Landin. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Froda and you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Olle. Thank you, Josef. How are you? Very good. How are you? I'm great and I'm super pumped up for this. So first thing first, what does your company, Froda, do? Please do the elevator pitch. Yes. Um, well, it's uh, it's a very simple idea, uh, but with a great deal of execution complex- complexity. Uh, what we do is that we make financing at fair rates and the best possible terms accessible to small businesses, uh, no matter what their background or their network access is. And our role is to uh, provide the right ideas with capital and to contribute to the diversity and equality of small businesses, which, uh, as you may understand, is crucial to the future of society. And uh, we do this increasingly through integrations with the large multinational corporations uh, who provide a, a great reach to a significant number of small businesses. That's what we do. Thank you for the pitch. And moving on to a bit storytelling, because... I love to listen to stories. Who doesn't? Uh, I want to hear the story of why and how Froda was born. It all started in, in, in 2015 at uh, Stockholm School of Economics. Um, we were uh, we, the, the founders or the future founders of Froda met up there uh, and uh, we were at this incubator called SSC Business Lab. And we were reflecting during this time that a lot of the conversation amongst all these entrepreneurs, all these uh, startup companies uh, involved financing. How are they going to fund and finance their companies with uh, uh, equity and external types of financing? And our reflection was uh, if all these people who are highly educated, who speak natively Swedish, uh, who have great uh, network access, knows lots of people, if they have, are struggling so much to, to find capital to inject and to realize the ideas, how does that look for um, just small business in general who, who lack all, all those kind of uh, uh, privileged um, um, competences or, 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 uh, or access? So uh, that's basically where it all started. So we made a, a, a discovery uh, and spent uh, a few months on, on, on um, um, sort of uh, analyzing uh, various parts of uh, business funding in, in Europe. And uh, that's when basically it took off or didn't take off, but that's where it started at least. Everybody's hope it takes off, but yeah. never. Exactly. Up exactly. and down, up and down. Yeah, yeah. It was b- bouncing around uh, at the start, but but uh, we made some some uh, solid analysis at least. 
that's a great foundation and uh, now when the listeners know a bit more about Truda I want to jump straight into the first of my two bigger segments the two big segments uh, in my podcast is business development and leadership and today we are starting with leadership and first thing here are you a good leader I would like to say uh, yes. Uh, obviously, there are uh, a lot of other people who are better equipped than I am to actually answer that question. But uh, I think, um, in a way, I am because uh, leadership to me is very much part of my personal motivation, which is essentially to to build companies, to realize the potential of ideas and people. And if you're not a good leader, if you can't sort of get the the the, the, the quality out of people and, and realizing their potential, uh, you will eventually fail in, in your ambition to, to build a great company. So in that sense, I, I, I think uh, I'm a good leader. Since you said now, yes, and you pointed out some qualities, I want to dive a bit deeper here. I want to talk about core strengths or with a more edgy word superpowers what would you say are your main superpowers i think there are two things that 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 come in mind um the the first is uh i'd like to think that i that i see people um and in the often very limited time that i have um uh, uh in my daily work I, i i think i give them my my full attention and i give them sort of my genuine curiosity in in uh, in in them and and to me i think uh, as a human it's very important to feel that you're actually seen uh, in who you are so i think that would be one um the second one is uh that i really encourage people to try and also allow them to fail and uh the w- first thing about that is that it fosters in my view a, a great culture i think probably the worst corporate cultures are the ones where people walk around being really scared of failing um that they will be somehow sort of penalized uh if they try and fail um and the second thing is um and that's more personal it's i don't ha- have time to micromanage so when i give someone uh the 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 mandate uh, the opportunity to do something and they try uh um I, i must allow them to fail so those would be the 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 two ones that i think have served me well in the past and continues to serve me well and would you say here regarding these two things is this something that have been with you from like really early age or is this a muscle you needed to develop uh, for sure the latter i think uh, i think curiosity in 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 ideas and people has, has definitely been with me from 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 the get go but uh it's it, more than anything it's something i've developed over time and uh also realizing that uh it is to to both my my benefit and to the people around me its benefit so to speak Great and interesting. Then I want to move on to bad things, worst things. What, according to you, is the worst things about being a leader? And please don't just say what. I want to know how you tackle it. Yeah, I, I think it, to me it used to be, and this was more when I was uh, mid junior, perhaps being a leader. It used to be the tough decisions, which was. Um, no difficult especially if it impacted people but uh i think over time and with experience they become less tough those decisions uh, you, you basically you develop a muscle like you said earlier uh, you realize it's part of the job 
Today, I would say it's more um, when there's a gap between uh, the need of a colleague or a coworker uh, and what I can actually provide in terms of helping them. That is uh, continues to be uh, a frustration for me in, in, in leadership. And that could be anything, could be the time that I have at my disposal or specific tools that they need to develop or, or, or problems that, that I sort of really can't help them fix in, in, in the way that they feel that they need. What is your best hack or method to figure this out as good as you can regarding where it, there is a gap? When I try, and this is um, less of a hack and more perhaps of a management tool which serves you well over time, is to um, sort of, um, let's say, um, give them um, maybe sort of time and serenity in a way to, to develop in their own the skills that they actually need to solve those problems. Uh, it becomes, I mean, the, the people reporting to me are primarily sort of C-level people, so they, they are more, they are kind of senior in themselves and they have people reporting to them. So, so in a way, just um, giving them uh, some, some um, confidence that over time these problems will, will be sorted out. So it, it may be tough in the moment, but, but over time it will, will, uh, will sort itself out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like I said, it's, it's less of a hack. It's more about sort of trying to just calm the sentiments of the people and they and they help them seeing sort of the 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 the, line, the trajectory, the trend lines in in what they're doing, as opposed to the sort of the very urgent specific problem that they have top of their mind, which clouds everything uh, at that specific time. Well said. And then I think it's time for you. To summarize leadership from your point of view with one word, what would that be? That one word would be trust. Uh, and if I expand on that a little bit, uh, it would be uh, trust in, in my own abilities, trust in my colleagues and their desire to do a good job. Uh, trust in the client's uh, ambition to, to, to build their businesses, uh, um, trust in our investors um, um, sort of um, view on us as a company and, and the longevity of their, their investments, business partners and, and, and so on. So trust. There we have it. And let's loosen up the feeling a bit with a fun fact. Can you please share a fun fact about yourself that most people know nothing about until now? Okay, most people, um, everyone at Froda, all my colleagues knows this, but I would probably say no one outside the company, and that is my Slack handle, which is uh, Master Beef. That's uh, something that my co-founders uh, attributed to me and gave me that, that, uh, that alias, because um, I, I happen to have three masters, <laughs> so a lot, lot of academic points, uh, and uh, I'm also a lawyer by origin, origin, and then you have beefs with people. Uh, so, so they gave me uh, a, a loving name, uh, Master Beef. 
<laughs> Most of it. Yeah, that, that is a fun fact. And now a bit more people know it outside of Florida. So, so maybe when somebody reaches out, if, if they call you Master B, if you need to respond politely. Exactly, exactly. Now we're shifting back to a tougher one, a tougher topic again. And this is mistakes. I want to learn and know what's one of the biggest mistakes you have ever made in business that you now can think of and share with me and the listeners? Um, well, uh, too, many, too many mistakes to count, uh, none that I actually remember. The, probably the, the worst financial decision I've made uh, would be that I didn't invest in Spotify when they just started. Uh, and I had the opportunity when I went, met with uh, Martin Lawrence and Daniel Ek early on. Um, so, so, so less of a, a leadership learning, more, uh, more a financial mistake, but definitely business related. That is something that you, I understand if you had the opportunity, you can think of sometimes maybe, but you can't live in the past. You can only yeah, learn from exactly. it. A topic of your choice then. I don't just want to be the person who steered the narratives here. I want to hear external questions. I want to have you. Does that mean I can ask you questions? It, uh, nobody has done that before because it's a topic of your choice but there is actually a part here it must be something that you are truly passionate and nerdy about um i think the, the the one topic that i'm very very nerdy and very passionate about is uh smes uh, and the uh, that's small and medium uh, size enterprises unless you're familiar with the abbreviation uh, and that is uh, something which is ex- immensely important for society uh, and it's very much overlooked. I think most people don't understand the importance of small businesses and, and, and the value that that contributes to, to society. I don't think people think when they sort of read the media and you hear all the stories about large companies, successful companies, what kind of marginal contribution those large enterprises have actually to our society and the common good in, in terms of financing our, our educational system, our welfare system and so on through through, through tax generation. Um, 99% of all companies are uh, SMEs that is small businesses and they contribute about 75% of the of the workforce workforce yet i think that most politicians the media the general public they pay their attention to large enterprises uh, which is in my view sort of definitely the wrong direction to to focus your your attention i think uh, in order to solve uh, all the problems that we're facing as a society not only in sweden but across the entire world we need to help uh, SMEs uh, to increase their competitiveness and their productivity um, and thus basically addressing so many problems that we're facing as a society. Um, so that is my, uh, my my big passion in life and what I have been working on together with my co-founders and, and my colleagues here at Froda through the very sort of specific financing part of, of, of that for the past uh, six or seven years. Are you born and raised in like a small business owner family or do you have some like background towards that? Yeah, 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 yeah I suppose I am. Um, not, not on my mother's side, but definitely on my father's side. Uh, my mother, she still thinks that the, the, the proudest moment in, 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 in her view in relation to me was when I got my, my first permanent employment working as a gas station, Statoil, 
uh, when I was, I don't know, 20 years old or 18 years old or something. Um, so definitely not not um, not on her side. But my, my dad has always been an entrepreneur. Uh, I don't think he's ever had a, a fixed employment. Yeah, he worked for the most part in his life um, uh, in um, in film, in film production. He had very much of that, well, he still has, but that sort of entrepreneurial gene. So, for instance, he had uh, like a pilot license so at some point he decided, so okay, well perhaps I should start a, a, a airplane company. So he start he did that and started flying people around uh, the archipelago in in around Stockholm uh, for, <laughs> for a few years. So uh, yeah, that 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 came very much from that side, uh, not being averse to risk. It's fun to start companies. To I don't know. And I love that. Uh, I needed to ask that for one question because I love that you raised the topic of SMEs. That is one of the most things I'm the most passionate about. Also, when it when it not comes to family, it, it's because my family. I was born and raised in a small business, not a family. And, and and from what I've spotted, I think it comes to the roots here. If you have been seeing the freedom, seeing the hard work, how, the impact, but how li- little appreciation quote me yeah, as a small yeah. business owner get it can be quite uh, upsetting or quite you can be quite angry like the backbone of the most countries and they yeah. are overlooked so mm. i truly share that passion and i'm super glad that you want to lift that up with the yeah. power of and importance of small and medium enterprises and uh, we have reached the community part it's time for an external question and today's question is from the listener Johan Rosenstrid at Beta Performance. And this is his question. Hi Olam, what is the most unexpected that has happened to you as a leader? And which insights did it give you? Hmm. That's a, a, a very, very interesting question. Um, to me, what comes to mind um, would be the month of March 2020. This was uh, at the very start of the of the pandemic, and um, it was. Uh, I think we were at a very different uh, place at that time as a company. Uh, Through that I'm st- t- still talking about, um, where um, suddenly I found myself uh, having built a company for the past few years, heading in sort of uh, a really good direction, and, and suddenly. I find myself basically alone at the office. Uh, suddenly, we 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 are we are sort of facing obstacles uh, that we never for, for, could foresee. Obviously, this is true for I think loads of people uh, and and many companies for sure. Um, but that was uh, a very a very uh, trying time uh, for us. I think um, the the great insight from that was how we managed to get through that difficult time. Uh, the, the next following date uh, in this timeline would be uh, April 24th, basically a month or so later, when I got uh, uh, an email from, from the Swedish uh, Financial Supervisory Authority, FE, um, that they had granted our application to become a, a credit institution, essentially a bank, uh, which sold those kind of urgent liquidity problems that we faced at that very specific point in time. So it was a, a month or a month and a half, which was extremely struggling. And, and the insights, I think, again, from that was 
uh, how how well we as a company and as a group when we came together how well we managed to to um, to surpass those those very high obstacles that we were facing through mere grit some some luck and and uh, and an element of skill great input and Johan thank you so much for a smart and relevant question agree and it's time to move on to the segment of business development first thing here let's talk some kpis you can't have a sauce podcast without talking about kpis of course so uh, which top kpis on a company level are the most important for you and please tell me why also you have chosen just them as a top so if i am to choose uh, say the top three uh, obviously we have loads but the top three um the first um and ever present uh, kpi would be profitability uh, or return on equity from an investor perspective and that in my view is the only metric which maintains its value over time uh, if you can't show profits over time you're not in control of your own fate and, and essentially handing over control to to others so being able to to uh, to uh, show profit as a business immensely important it can't be underestimated uh, the second one is 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 reach. Uh, what is our, our uh, reach towards our our, our audience? Uh, and with a strong enough product, which we have, uh, the reach will be the most determining factor uh, in terms of how fast we we grow as a company. And the third one would be retention, customer retention, which uh, obviously is something that that strongly correlates with growth and tells you how much. For instance, money you can spend on acquiring new customers, but more than anything, um, it uh, it tells you whether or not your your product is is good enough uh, and how how well it stands in, in in competition to 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 others. Those would be my top three. Then we move on to go to market, go to market strategies. Can you please share a part of your playbook here, Ole? What's the best strategies regarding that, according to you? I, I've been to business school and I read my share, a few, my share of, of uh, management books and, and, and uh, go-to-marketing uh, strategy literature. I think f- for me, it, it's difficult to say sort of sort of provide the, the one-size-fits-all uh, strategy, uh, but. To me, you, you need to to address the, the basics, regardless of what uh, what kind of vertical you're in, what product you're, you're building, which is basically your, your your why, your how, and your 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 when. Um, when will people need your product and service? How can we dif- how can you differentiate yourself from competitors and similar companies and so on? And, and at the end, of the day, how can you help your to- target audience uh, with your product and and, and service? Um, and finally, once you sort of have nailed those things out, focus on the fundamentals in building the business, um, but um, don't dwell too late, too long on on on, uh, on on your actions. Don't be too too introvert, if you know what I mean. And uh, I love that you. Uh, I obviously I've heard that before, but it was a while ago regarding nailing your why, your when, your how. Can you please please explain a bit more? how a listener can like put up a this simplest framework to start with not everything but just something how they should think when they do an exercise of why when and how i think um the the, the most 
the, the most undervalued question, that, which I think uh, deserves a lot more attention probably than it gets, would be the, the why. Uh, the how and the when sort of comes as a result of the, of, of the why. So, so I really start, start off by sort of identifying why would someone choose your product um, as opposed to someone else's. Are there existing solutions? There always are. What are the, the sort of competitors' offers? What are the, 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 the substitutes to, to, to doing this? And at the end of the day, why would someone choose your product? And there you need to be bluntly honest with yourself because many times you tend to focus on something which is, which is kind of ancillary, which is not really the most important factor in, 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 uh, in, in choosing uh, a product. You need to be very, very blunt and, and, and challenge yourself uh, in, in in the why, the how, and the when. Like I said, I think that's more the as a more than that's more the execution aspect of, of, of the the go to market strategy, uh, which is obviously eighty percent of uh, what it's all about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, we could talk, just regarding that. You can have an own episode about talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. so. Mm, I think what you just said, like one minute ago, potentially can be a super great snippet, like teaser for for, for uh, dragging in people into the episode. Uh, with you need to nail the why, and then you talked a bit more about being bluntly honest with yourself. We are we are staying in this topic, but from another angle. Where do you see many companies fail with their go-to-market strategy? Goes a little bit to 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 the why, uh, and, and perhaps haven't done their, their their full homework. I suspect, but in the past few years, in the market that we had, which been like a, an, an immense growth market for for many many years, perhaps the longest in in sort of history, almost I wouldn't say, but a very long time. Um, You've seen all those sort of moonshot strategies. Uh, it comes from you know Google and Facebook and Amazon and all those sort of sort of percentage point of a percentage point type of companies. Uh, and people look at them and think that that is the company that they're striving to build. And and uh, obviously there are companies who, who manage to do this, but to me it is not sort of the right go to market strategy. Looking at those moonshot cases. So sort of keep your keep your your bloody feet on the ground and and have some realistic expectations on on, on what you can build. Then if you eventually manage to get off the ground, um, then you can start making those larger um, larger plans. So perhaps not the most motivating insight from my end, um, uh, but for many companies entrepreneurs. But uh, that's uh, at least my experience. Yeah, but I think this is exactly what maybe some new young entrepreneurs need to hear. Then uh, let's talk about some outreach. I I'm building a sales tool, so of course I'm a huge nerd here and I want to collect data points. What would you say, Ole, is the best way to do cold outreach to you to stand out and reach you? I don't think it's so much a, a, a software tool uh, as opposed to actually getting the attention of someone close to me uh, and, and and getting a foot through the door. Basically, uh, getting the attention of someone I respect and know uh, will give you access to, to me more than any direct reach out. I would say that is a quite simple, straight shooting answer because you can never underestimate the power of the network. 
And uh, I don't remember now who told me this, but it was so spot on. The only two things that will make a, a person truly buy is the sense of true urgence, house on fire, we need water, or social influence. My friends are buying this. Why haven't I tried it at least? Yeah, yeah. The two only things. <laughs> true. <laughs> so, yeah, the best way then to you listen to this, if you want uh, to call all this attention, is to get the attention of somebody near him. So they will maybe, and then you can do something. Uh, and and if you're talking about just channels, so I get one layer deeper of data point here. Is it phone, LinkedIn, email, uh, or some event? Wh- wh- where is like the easiest? Uh, LinkedIn, um, for sure. Then, then you 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 have the 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 background of the pe- the person who who's who's reaching out, so that is a very very efficient tool. Yeah, I think I did to you LinkedIn plus phone, and that worked. Obviously, you are here. Uh, yeah, well, you had have have such a, an impressive pitch, so you you got through the noise, and also we we have a common acquaintance. Kaiser Lundborg uh, knows you or uh, knows of you at least. Okay, there we have it again. Somebody, <laughs> everything comes back to the root here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, good. Then we leave uh, the segment of business development at least for this time, and entering the roundup. Only three questions left, and the first thing here is basically me fishing for other guests with the help of you. So I want to know. Which other two B2B socios do you think are interesting, doing cool stuff, and would actually hmm, listen to if they would be interviewed by me in B2B sauce CEOs? I'll, I'll use my privilege, not just choose one, because I think it's a really good one. Uh, and that would be uh, Ken Willem Clausen, who started Lunar, uh, which is a Danish company, a Danish uh, financing company. Uh, he, it's, a very, it's a very interesting idea. Uh, and uh, he's a very interesting character. So I think uh, you would have a, a, a real, really good chat with him. Is, from my point of view, Lunar is a more B2C player. You think so, but they have a B2B business. We're doing actually a cooperation with them together with Visa, uh, the card scheme. Uh, they have uh, more in, in, in Denmark. They, uh, I'm not sure if they're primarily B2B, but they have, uh, I don't know, 20,000 uh, uh, business customers. Okay, then it's okay. Then it's okay because I I I have my niche here and I need to be yes. principal about that. Absolutely, absolutely. Stick to the fundamentals. That was one name. Do you have another? Perhaps you want Shanberg, uh, Trustly, or um, Peter Beckman from Trade. When I was a tech investor, he's one of the the ones that I like with my partner. Why did we didn't jump on that one? Thank you for the names. And second last question. It's you talking to yourself. What top one to three things would you tell yourself, your younger self, that you now know that you didn't know? I think it's not so much concrete things, but there's one thing that that I, uh, in the sort of latter part of my my business life, keep reminding myself of uh, all the time. Uh, and this might actually make me sound like an evangelical, evangelical Christian, which I'm not. But have you heard of this serenity prayer? Yeah, but I don't, not, not in details, I can't remember. If I'm paraphrasing, it is, um, 
accept the things that you can't change, change the things that you can, and uh, have the wisdom to see the difference. And to me, that's the thing that summarizes so many things, and it tells you to keep your eyes on the right things, not divert your focus to things that are out of your control um, that you can't really impact. I would say that would be the, the, the only thing that I would give myself as a young me, that just like focus my attention on the right things and forget about the rest. Let me put parent here and have reached the very last question. Where will Froda be in five years? In five years, um, I not only hope, but think uh, that we will have helped uh, millions of, of uh, SMEs with, with financing, providing capital to, to realize their ideas, and uh, that we have, have had a significant impact, not only uh, as, a, as a capital contributor to those companies, but to the society as a whole. That, that is uh, our very sort of right to exist, that is our vision, Uh, and that is what we're striving to do. So I'm hoping that in five years, which feels like an eternity, um, but I'm hoping in that uh, time frame that we will we, we test, feel, really feel truly that we have made uh, those really, really great things true. And I wish you the best of luck with that, Ole. Thank you, Professor. Now I'm uh, quickly shifting the focus to you who has been listening. Two quick ones. Number one, Tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Olle in B2B SaaS And number two, press the subscription buttons because there is great guests here coming up too. And Olle, a huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes together with me to help the community, the listeners and me to keep on learning. Thank you very much and, and, uh, and thank you for, for your great contribution in, in, in making such great pod. So thanks a lot, Joseph, and thank everyone who, who listened.